Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Vietnam Innovators. I'm your host, Hao, as always. Uh, today's host, he's much taller than me. I'm usually a little taller than most of the guests, but not today. Uh, Gabor Flutes, he is the vice chairman of Eurocham. Eurocham stands for the European Chamber of Commerce. Uh, his day job is a little different. He's the CEO of De Hoist. De Hoist is an agricultural industry, uh, a Dutch company. Uh, Gabor himself is also Dutch. Uh, Gabor, welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, Gabor, you've been in Vietnam for a couple decades? 14 years. 14 years. 14 years, okay. yes. And you speak Vietnamese as well now? I, I do. I do. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Gabor, very much in his company that he, he works with, uh, represents the growth and direction of where Vietnam is going. And uh, it's quite the phenomenal story. And we'll hear more about that in a little bit. Sure. You know, before we talk about GFI and, and Eurocham, which we'll dive into a little bit, let's talk about those 14 years. When you first arrived here, uh, was your expectation what... Uh, like met and was it matching with what you have now uh, 14 years later uh, let's just talk about that a little yeah, bit sure. so the, the first time I came to Vietnam was already more than 20 years ago mm. uh, when I was still a student in, uh, in university and during that trip I, I met my wife so after that exp experience for the next seven years I, I traveled a lot to Vietnam wow. uh, first two and a half years because my wife was still living here mm. and after that we, we moved to the Netherlands but we still came here very often so when the host approached me to to move, start up the business for them in 2008, I knew already that I really wanted to go to Vietnam because mm. I saw the, the immense opportunities uh, for development, for growth, and I, I felt at home immediately the first time I came here. For the host, one of the triggers to bring me here was I could already speak Vietnamese back then, mm. so I already had a, I knew where, where I was going to, let's say. But Vietnam back then and now, it's, it's a huge difference. Mm. Uh, just if you look at how, how Saigon looked then and now, it's an, an immense difference, but also, uh, you know, the development of the economy, uh, the provinces. Uh, I'm lucky that I'm in an industry where I travel a lot, so mm. I visited all the all the provinces of, of all Vietnam. All 63. Yeah, all 63. Wow. And, and I, I've seen so much change over the years, um, and I think the majority of the change is very positive. So, uh, you know, people have more money to spend. I think extreme poverty has been reduced a lot. Mm. Infrastructure is improving. Still room for more improvement, but it's improving. Um, and it's still a country with, with tremendous opportunities for, for both Vietnamese mm -hmm. entrepreneurs, uh, mm -hmm. foreign investors. Yeah. Um, and tell us about uh, Eurocham. So you're the vice chairman. It's yes. obviously very critical that the European business voice is heard in Vietnam because so many companies here, a lot of Europeans doing business here, but also Vietnamese doing business in Europe. Absolutely. Um, what, what is Eurocham's purpose for those of you that don't know Eurocham? Uh, maybe you can explain that a little bit. And uh, maybe tease a little bit about GFI as well. Why why sure. GFI? Sure. So so first on Eurocham. So Eurocham it's quite special that we are like a, a BA of BAs. So mm. we are a business association uh, representing the interests of a number of European country BAs: uh, the the Germans, the French, the Italians, the Dutch, uh, the Nordics, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. So all these countries have their own uh, business association. Uh, but uh, many years ago, some smart people thought that it would be better to, let's say, bring all these strengths together mm. and have one voice to the Vietnamese government mm -hmm. to say, OK, we are here as Europe. We yep. have a number of goals. We want to help boosting uh, the economy as a whole. We want to support both uh, the, the European investors coming to Vietnam, large enterprises, SMEs, but also the other way around. We want to 
be a bridge for Vietnamese entrepreneurs who want to invest in Europe. Mm. And until today, we are we are doing that already for many years. Um, and we have more than 1,200 members uh, who are all, most of them are member of the, of the country BAs. Some of them are only a direct member of Eurochamp. But if you are a member of one of the European country business associations, automatically you also become a member of, of Eurochamp. So uh, th th that's in short what, what we're doing, trying to be the, the, the supporting voice, but also doing the lobbying towards the, towards the Vietnamese government, uh, trying to improve uh, legislation. Mm. Uh, and and well, of course, you know that since the EU-Vietnam free trade agreement that was signed a few years ago, Came in, was in place, uh, the, the opportunities for, for European businesses to do business in Vietnam and vice versa for Vietnamese businesses to, to do business in Europe or to export to mm -hmm. Europe uh, have improved a lot. And uh, it's, it's very important to, to grab these opportunities. So that's, yeah. that's what Eurochem is doing. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, we're living here in Vietnam, so we can see the scale of the quality of life and the experiences and the products that you can access here. But it's a lot due to the work of Eurocham, I'm sure, right? But at the same time, a lot of European companies still don't know, really know what's going on here and the opportunity. There's a lot of spending power here, but also big infrastructure projects, uh, which are in relation to the GFI. Yeah. I, I call it GFI. I actually forget what the, the acronym stands for. Maybe you can talk about uh, some big initiative that's coming up at Eurocham. What is GFI? What are you guys trying to achieve with that uh, in the in the coming, coming month? GFI is all about um, the green economy. Um, we call it the, the Green Economy uh, Forum and Exhibition. But uh, many years ago, I think more than 10 years ago already, Eurocham organized a couple of times what we back then called Green Biz. Mm. Back then, Eurocham was a bit ahead of, of, of the rest of, uh, of the world, I would say, because mm. back then, Green Biz was something really innovative and new. If today you talk about green business, it's, it's part of, let's say, every large company or even SME company uh, goals mm. for the short term. But we believe that especially after what happened during COP26, uh, Prime Minister, uh, the Vietnamese Prime Minister went there last year to Scotland with a big delegation. Uh, and as one of the few uh, developing, fast developing economies, he made some, uh, some very strong commitments. Mm. Uh, and he dared to say that Vietnam wants to be carbon neutral by 2050 which is at the same pace as, as, as the, let's say, the, the developed countries mm. in, in Europe. And, and people were very positively surprised about his, his strong commitments. Um, that commitment comes with, an, with a responsibility, but also it brings many opportunities. Uh, because if Vietnam is really serious about achieving that goal in 2050, it also has to put very clear targets for the short term. What do you want to achieve in 2025? What do you want to achieve in 2030? And, and how to achieve it. There's a lot of money that will be needed mm -hmm. to get there, uh, but also uh, a lot of knowledge, uh, a lot of experience, best practices. So we want to, as, as Eurogem, being the bridge between, we see ourselves as the bridge between, mm -hmm. let's say, Europe and Vietnam, and also the bridge between businesses and government. We believe that this, this three-day exhibition is a great opportunity to, to bring many very knowledgeable uh, influential people together, but also to show to, to companies who are not yet active in Vietnam uh, what, what the tremendous opportunities are here uh, when Vietnam goes into that journey towards carbon neutrality by 2050. Gabor, thank you for sharing some of those objectives and the opportunities for European businesses. Sometimes for them, it's a bit difficult to understand this, the scale and the scope of this opportunity in Vietnam. 
they might be asking, well, maybe there's other companies already. Maybe there's American companies. Maybe there's Australian or, or Asian companies here. Why come to Vietnam? You mentioned the free trade agreement. I'm sure a lot of European companies aren't even aware of that. So it's a lot of the education. Uh, but let's talk about uh, what sort of you know, values they could really bring. Um, for instance, for me, I never knew the scale of the expertise from the Dutch side, oh. for instance. You know, you guys have faced for hundreds of years flooding and, and all these different things related to, uh, I believe it's the depth of the, the country. It's yes. really vulnerable to flooding and, yes. and uh, the ocean. Yes. Um, and then Vietnam faces some of those challenges too, right? So maybe you can talk about that opportunity. It's not just about the business and the, the, you know, the, the trade, free trade, but also the expertise. Uh, what, what what are those expertises that you believe European companies can bring? For example, if you go to the Dutch example, um, climate change uh, is a lot also about climate adaptation. Mm. Uh, we we as a world we we try to limit the, infl- the the impact of climate change. We want to slow down global warming, but still we have to live with the fact that there is already climate change, mm. which means that you have to look also at how can you adapt to it. Uh, unfortunately, until the 1950s in the Netherlands, we had flooding very frequently. We had a very big one that that, that killed thousands of people mm-hmm. in 1953. And after that, a big delta plan was developed to protect the the, the, the land against the sea, in a way. So that expertise, we, we, we worked on it for decades, actually. Almost half of, 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 of the land in the Netherlands is below sea level. Yeah. Uh, so we were one of the first countries in the world, actually, that had to adapt to climate. And, and over the years, uh, many companies have supported other vulnerable areas to, to, to adapt to that climate change. Um, and already for a number of years, the Dutch government is also involved in, in, in a Mekong Delta master plan for the Mekong Delta and also for Ho Chi Minh City. Because of all the large cities in the world, Ho Chi Minh City is one of the cities that is most vulnerable, mm. given its, its location, but also given the rising sea level. So we believe... As, 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 as European businesses, uh, that uh, there is a lot of expertise available. There are uh, a number of large companies from Europe who are leading in, in, in the transition towards clean energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you talk about wind energy, uh, if you talk about solar energy, uh, there, there are many very important initiatives. Um, as we speak, a number of large, very large uh, wind energy projects are, have been deployed already. In the North Sea, in the, in the in the Mediterranean, uh, in the Nordic areas, um, and uh, these technologies are improving so rapidly. It's really impressive. So, what was possible three or four years ago, the best windmill available, and now already in in a three-year time frame, because of bigger size, uh, the cost per kilowatt hour produced energy is is dropping at a at a pace that. Actually, if you today would invest in, in new energy projects as a country like Vietnam, it, it does really make sense, not only because of the COP26 commitments, but just also from an economic perspective, it really does make sense to invest your money in clean energy, mm. invest it in solar, invest it in wind, because these technologies are, are improving so rapidly. And there are a number of big companies. Many of them are also present during GV. And many of them are also uh, the, 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 the key sponsors of the event, actually. But... We believe that the energy part is a, is a big chunk of, of what Vietnam should focus on. Mm. At least avoid uh, building more uh, coal-fired power plants because it's it's a, it's not the future. It's not the future, and it's mm. it's it's bad for the environment. But it's also really economically, it's not smart. Of course, some of these big invest big clean energy uh, projects require big funding mm. and require also very careful planning. 
Uh, so, so we believe that there, there Europe can really make a difference. Bring the best experts, bring the best companies here to, to work together with the government uh, to help the government also not only in, let's say, deploying the projects, but also one step before creating the right master plan, uh, preparing the, the, the proper legislative agenda, uh, the legal framework needs to be there because these are big investments. So if there is no clear legal framework, uh, big investors also don't dare to, to step in. Mm. The big banks, uh, IMF, World Bank, etc., they don't dare to make money available if there is no clear long-term plan, legal framework uh, to, to, to get there. So, Assuming these frameworks are put in place over the coming years, or hopefully even sooner, let's see, um, let's quantify the opportunity for European businesses. Let's say I'm a European business owner involved in this industry. I'm, I'm listening to this podcast right now. I'm thinking about going to GFI or, or you know, the, the dialogues that continue afterwards. How big is that opportunity? Is it, we're talking billions of dollars? We're billion. talking hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. It's, mm. it's really huge. It's, um, it, Vietnam is a hundred million people mm -hmm. country uh, with a huge coastal area, which a huge, uh, let's say, mountainous area as well. Uh, where already relatively there are quite some uh, hydropower projects, but if you talk about wind, talk about solar, uh, a lot has to be done, and it, and it's much more than that. It's it's about uh, it's about waste, uh, it's about uh, making all the industries uh, cleaner, it's about uh, also sustainable agriculture. It's 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 huge. It's it's a big project. Mm. Within the cities, a lot has to be done as well because Vietnam is still. Uh, if you look at the level of urbanization in Vietnam, we believe that uh, the coming two decades, still more and more people will move into both the provincial cities and and the and the big cities uh, like like Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi. Um, and to be able to tackle to to do that in a in a in a sustainable way, uh, a lot has to be done within the big cities as well. So aside from the financing and the, the frameworks to support businesses to come here, what about the awareness? Everything, from, not, not just the, you know, the, the frameworks at the, at the higher level, but also at the private business level. I'm sure there's a lot of joint ventures to private companies here need to have some initiative as well. Is that education generally there? People want to do it, but are, are, are still a bit hesitant because of what we discussed. Um, is there that drive and that um, conviction to invest in these things? We really see a, a change there in the, in the in the in the past few years, and I think especially COP26 has has put it in in a, in a more accelerated drive for part of the industry. I think there are also a group of people who for whom it's a little bit far away for them. They, they think this is something that eventually will come to Vietnam, but probably will take still a long while, and and they are not really focused on it. Uh, but that would really be a pity because it's 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 a big opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, some companies see it as a as a cost mm. more than as an opportunity. But if you, for example, look at, at transport in Vietnam, uh, all these motorbikes, all these cars, eventually need to need to be electrified. We, we we need to not only in Vietnam but in the whole world. I believe we need to go step by step towards hybrid solutions and then full electric solutions. Mm. If you look at the number of, of, of motorbikes on the road, but also all the industries depending on transportation in Vietnam, the, the shops supplying the spare parts, uh, the, the, the people uh, fixing, the engineers uh, fixing the motorbikes and the cars, uh, all the trucks that are needed to, to supply, to do the logistics in Vietnam, to bring all the goods from the ports uh, to, the, to the factories and to the people. 
that that's a huge job to be done, but it's also, again, it brings a huge opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do believe that, indeed, education is still definitely one of the points where Vietnam needs to, needs to improve. Uh, and also there we see a lot of potential for cooperation between uh, government and businesses. Let's talk about cooperation about people to people too. Yep. Um, businesses, government, of course, they need to focus on it. How about the everyday people, the ones driving the motorbikes, yep. the ones using uh, you know, the, the shops that have all these you know, requirements and all that. Yes. Um, let's talk about that. What does the public have to gain from this GFE and this greater dialogue about green energy? What I always give as an example to make it very practical is I ask people, what did you experience? What happened with the air quality in Saigon during, uh, during the COVID lockdowns? Mm-hmm. You know, d- during the COVID lockdowns, uh, I have this small device at my home and it measures the, the air quality because my son has asthma. So when the air quality is bad, he, I need to keep him inside of the house if mm-hmm. it's too bad. Yeah. And, and then during, co- during the lockdowns, at least in the garden, he could play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was, it was clean every day, which shows that the day-to-day pollution in the big cities is mainly coming from the way uh, transport is organized. Mm. Uh, the, the motorbikes, uh, the, the trucks, the cars that are all uh, using uh, you know, fuel, diesel uh, to, 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 to go from A to B. So if, if we find a way together to move to more, to better public transportation, fast-tracking all the, the big investments on the, 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 the metro and subway lines, but also clean buses uh, and gradually, hopefully, also more electric motorbikes. Mm-hmm. That would be a great opportunity for all of us because the environment that we're living in would, would simply improve a lot. Yeah. Uh, I remember on social media, everyone was posting about the blue skies yeah, exactly. consistently over a three-month period. People were, were yeah. people, many people, they said, this is so, it's such a, such a long time ago since we see these blue, blue skies. People, especially living here for a long time, older mm-hmm. people, they said, yeah, this is how... How it, it looked, be, yeah. how it used to be 10, 20 years ago. Mm. Uh, and, and the great thing is that with the electrification of transport, as an example, it will look like that again, hopefully, uh, 10 years from now. Mm. Uh, this generation, uh, especially the Gen Z, they're kind of like born into a, a, a climate where it's um, it's dirty. Let's be yeah. frank, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's what they're used to. But to be able to introduce to them what it could be. Is, is a big opportunity. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. And 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 to be clear, right? Europe used to be there as well. Mm. Where I grew up in the 1980s in Europe, there was much more pollution then than now. Mm. Uh, rivers were polluted. We were singing songs in school about all the pollution and that it's dangerous to go outside at certain moments and you can no longer drink the water from the rivers. Mm. So it's also a, a developing economy sometimes has to go through such a transition. But, mm. but the great thing of the, of the global focus on, on the, the, the Paris agreements of 2015 and also the COP26 commitments, and hopefully even stronger COP27 commitments, mm. because COP27 will take place, is taking place now in Egypt, especially for the younger generation, we, we hope that we can engage them and, and let them show that it's, it's a unique opportunity to, to make the world a better place and also to make Vietnam a better place to live in. I think you draw upon a good point that Europe and other places of the world went through that. And are they cleaner today? Yes. Are they cleaner? Are they, could they be cleaner? Yes. yes. Um, I was just watching a documentary the other day talking about the Great London Fog of 1943 or four, mm. I think it was. Yeah. And, you know, the, the picture for a lot of young Vietnamese might be, oh, you know, that Europe is uh, the shining star of modernity and, and, and cleanliness, which is true, you know, in a lot of ways. They've adopted green energy. But if you go back to uh, not even the 50s, even more recently, 
people were suffering from um, massive uh, air congestion, yeah. um, having to go to hospitals, yeah. hospitals are overflowing. I'm not saying that's an everyday occurrence necessarily in Vietnam, but it could be reaching that point if yes. it's not taken care of. So yeah, and I think I think the the the, the other way of looking at it is if. Vietnam would not take any action mm. and and would just continue to focus on economic growth, which is necessary to improve the the, the average income of the mm. people in this in this country. And Vietnam would not change the the, the 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 approach and just build additional coal-fired power plants and just add the next few million motorbikes on the streets. Then it will get much much worse. Mm. Right? Uh, I, I travel a lot for my work in, in to, into other cities in Asia. If you if you go to Dhaka in Bangladesh or you go to Delhi in India. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really that's even much worse, you know. Mm-hmm. There you cannot really uh, properly go on the street uh, without wearing a face mask. People were always wearing face masks even before COVID already. Mm-hmm. And 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 it would be a pity if Vietnam would go to that level before mm-hmm. it gets better. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, the good thing of many of the initiatives that are there, if Vietnam can deploy them early, it will not get worse. It will it will improve, and uh, and otherwise it will get worse first before it gets better. Yeah. I think it's important to kind of illustrate uh, the, the worst cases as well. Right now, it's livable, yes. uh, for sure. Yes. It's very beautiful in Vietnam, yes. for sure. Yes. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned like places like India and, and Bangladesh. I remember looking up the air IQ scores yeah. that are measured. Yeah. People on social media, when they were posting the pictures of the blue skies, the the, the, the air scores were like 50 or like a, yeah. even 100. 100 is not actually that great, but it's much better than the yeah. average. And you would look at other places in the world, they'd be like 300, 400. Yes. That's yes. unbelievable. Yes. It's a different level of living standard. And uh, we, we hope that Vietnam never has to get to, uh, exactly. to that point. So to, to, to learn that they need to change things. Yes. Around, so. yeah. but, but, but the good thing is that there are already the initiatives. There yeah. are, as we speak, there are factories being built that are completely carbon neutral in mm-hmm. Vietnam. There are a big number of initiatives on uh, improving, let's say, wastewater treatment, mm-hmm. Uh, a lot has happened on the on the industrial zones. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that Vietnam has a huge opportunity to attract businesses who used to be invested in China uh, because of geopolitical tensions, because of spreading the risks, because of China being perceived as, for some companies at least, a less attractive investment destination as before. Vietnam is attracting a lot of new investments. Mm-hmm. So the potential for attracting new FDI is huge. And if that new FDI is the right FDI, which, which does which makes these new investment in the, in the most sustainable way possible, it can also act as, a, as an example for existing businesses that are here already. A huge opportunity to, to bring, let's say, economic growth hand-in-hand uh, hand with, uh, with a more sustainable environment and a more sustainable economy. Let's talk about the regional and, and global competition that Vietnam has to attract this investment. Of course, the free trade agreement's a huge draw for European companies to know and to understand. Um, but I'm sure other countries in the world are, are offering similar incentives and frameworks to, to draw European investment. What are some of the, the value propositions, uh, you know, aside from the financial, perhaps, that European companies should, should know about when looking at Vietnam? So on the on the upside for Vietnam, of course, uh, it's it's about a very very um, impressive track record. Mm. Uh, it's a stable stable political climate. It's safe. Um, economic growth of the last 10, 20 years has has been really impressive. Uh, it's a huge domestic market. Uh, it's a hundred million people. So if you have an interesting proposition or product, mm. not only for exports but also to serve the local market, uh, it's it's a huge opportunity. Companies that are active in Vietnam already for many years, like like our company, 
we are always impressed to see uh, the entrepreneurial spirit uh, of the people living and working here. As, as, as our company, we are using our Vietnamese, best Vietnamese colleagues all around the world, actually. Mm. We, they, they, they do such a great job and, and they are also willing to travel. They are uh, open to, 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 to live and work in, in other places in the world for a while. So hardworking uh, and, and also with, with great values. You know? value, family values are, are, are still very important here. And you see that back in society. Mm-hmm. So within, let's say, social structures, within companies, people take care of each other. Uh, and it makes, it, it makes Vietnam a great place to live and work. And, and if you look at the rankings of expats ranking cities in the world, you see that cities like Saigon and Hanoi have, have been climbing on that ladder mm-hmm. over the past years which also shows that not only for tourists, but also for foreigners, Vietnam is perceived as a, as a very a good place to live and work. So that's, that's all on the, on, the, on the positive side. Yeah. I want to go back, and thank you for sharing that. I want to go back to Jeefy just a little bit as we yep. near the end of our podcast. Tons of companies participating, high-level government officials from both sides, European and Vietnamese, and probably others as well. What kind of companies are, are sponsoring and part of this event? Maybe just give that quick snapshot. So other companies can put themselves in those shoes and understand what level of companies are participating. So the largest European uh, energy companies uh, are represented uh, also as, a, as, the, as the main sponsors because obviously for them this is a, this is a very key topic. Very broad list of companies active in, uh, in, in various industries, in, in uh, automobile, in agriculture, in, uh, in banking and finance. Mm. Uh, it, it's, it has attracted a broad a broad list of, uh, of of companies, both from Europe, but also some large companies from Vietnam, okay. uh, who are who are participating. And how many people are participating as part of this program? Well, we, we 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 expect thousands of uh, of, of visitors oh, okay. um, on the on the first day of the event. We have a big plenary session mm. uh, where there will be uh, some of the key high ranking people from both Vietnamese government, from EU, from international institutions. Uh, having a discussion also on stage to, let's say, set the scene mm. for, for the three days. And then uh, the exhibition itself is, 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 is free for visitors to, to attend on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. So from 28th to 30th of November. Okay. Some of the conferences you, 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 you need to have, uh, uh, you, need to, you need to pay for entrance or you need to arrange your ticket in advance. But the, the exhibition as a whole mm. is, is free because we, we wanted to make it attractive. Right. For people to come on um, on the third day, there is also a special program for students because we have involved uh, students from the various universities in Vietnam as well. Because yeah, we believe that they are the they are the future. We are doing this also partly for them, right? So uh, we believe that for students who are currently doing their studies, we hope to engage them and encourage them also to to take their role and responsibility and and hopefully even find find the companies that they can work for uh, when they graduate. Perfect. Um, I always like to end my podcast, Gabor, with a a, a broad question, but I'd like to kind of get into the mind of Gabor here a little bit. You know, this show, we've hosted 150 plus guests now, ranging from startups to corporates to to governments. Uh, I'd love your quick take on who else should do you think we should have on this show? Perhaps they work in the green industry. You don't have to point out a specific person, but maybe it's an industry. Perhaps it's the green energy industry. Perhaps it's, um, you know, stakeholders from overseas who do you think the audience would benefit from, to yeah. hear from, yeah. uh, from your side, uh, from your perspective and your day-to-day work? Yeah, I think, well, talking about GFI and talking about green energy, I think, mm. I think definitely some of the delegates who are also part, who were part of COP26 and mm. also now COP27, 
who know really what's happening behind the scenes, who yeah. are working on this for the whole year. They are the ones who are making the, 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 the laws and the regulations for, for Vietnam for the coming years and the coming decades. So that's from a Vietnamese perspective. Internationally, I would say uh, some of the companies who are, who are also sponsoring the GV event who, are, who have committed to make big investments in Vietnam uh, on this whole green energy transition. Uh, Hear from them why, why they're doing it. Exactly. Why Vietnam? Why, why, are you, so. why, are you, why do you plan to invest billions of, uh, of, of euros or dollars into this country specifically? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that would be very interesting. Okay. Well, you heard it from Gabor himself. I, I hope to invite some guests on the future that can share those insights. One of them was Gabor himself today. So uh, for those of you listening in to another episode of Vietnam Innovators, thank you for tuning in every single week and hearing from folks like Gabor and myself. Uh, we hope you learned something today. Gabor, thank you for joining the show. Thank you very much. I'll see you guys next time. With a comprehensive healthcare ecosystem, GeoHealth integrates technology to optimize the examination experience for their customers. The GeoSmart Clinic provides a multi-specialty clinic experience with a team of elite doctors and cutting-edge technology. And with their recent Series B investment of up to 20 million US dollars, GeoHealth is coming closer to expanding their smart clinic system nationwide. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on our other platforms such as YouTube and Facebook. New episodes are out every week, so don't forget to subscribe to Vietcetra's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube channel for more interesting content.